Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Drop the Mic. I am Darren Jenkins and I'm really happy and excited to kind of talk to this next guest of mine who is a um, a, a, like a very prolific um, producer and writer and director, um, Leo Andronov. Leo, what's going on today, man? It's good. Good to see you. Thank you for letting me be in your podcast. Yeah, no, this was this was a, this is my favorite thing to to do um, to talk to other creators and find out like the things that they're doing and how you know, how they got to where they're going. And uh, so where are, you, where are you calling us from, actually? Um, I'm in Los Angeles right now. You're in Los Angeles? Okay, cool. Yeah, I've I've been on a couple of other podcasts recently. Uh, I had somebody from Ireland, Scotland, Nigeria, um, Canada. I've been on a very international trip recently, which is awesome. Great. So let's start from the beginning. Um, where are you? Where are you originally from? So I'm a Russian guy who came to Los Angeles eleven years ago. Mm. So I spent half of my life uh, being in the city of Yekaterinburg. It's in the heart of Russia. Mm. Very interesting place. Very industrial and cultural at the same time. With mm. Rich, huge history. So I made the first film over there. But before that, I worked in advertising, printing business. I had oh. my, own, my own company, yeah. But eventually, like by the age of 30, I believe so, I finally realized that I need to be in the movie business. Not like business. It's more about art for me. It's more about storytelling for me. Mm. I had a feeling and it was really hard to fight it, but I, I have to talk my stories, mm. tell stories. Sorry. So, uh, what was the first? Um, what was you, so? Did you start out as an ind independent filmmaker, like doing yes, your own stuff? I'm mm -hmm. still independent filmmaker. <laughs> hey, so, uh, yeah. So I I started. To write first, first of all, I was a writer from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. I uh, I was writing some uh, short stories like sci-fi uh, mm -hmm. drama stories, and then eventually uh, I realized what I need to start learning the screenwriting craft. Mm -hmm. And in my hometown, we were no film school, and I couldn't really do it. But we had a theatrical institute, so it teaches theater. It, it's all about theater. And mm -hmm. it was a very famous uh, dramatist who was teaching there. His name is Nikolai Koleda. He's pretty well known in the theater world. Right. And he was allowing people, not just students, he was allowing people to came from the, from the street and sit and listen to his... Uh, it, it wasn't really lectures. He was reading uh, um, plays, what his uh, students wrote, and we discussed it. And yeah. after two years being there, I learned a lot. Because mm -hmm. basically theater and, and movie, movies are very similar. Mm -hmm. We have same rules, but still, it gave me a tremendous amount of experience in writing, 
even though back back then i i wasn't really a professional writer but i won a very prestigious award over there mm. in russia uh, I, I got the first prize on uh, eurasia dramatist contest and mm -hmm. that gave me strength and power to start my first feature film mm -hmm. what i started to shoot in 2007 and finish in 2012. yeah <laughs> yeah i i i i'm uh, a friend who's also um he's a producer and uh we met during him making his first film and his and, first so when he finished it it was uh 2004 but when he started it was 1997. oh my god yeah. so see, <laughs> it takes a long time especially if you didn't shoot anything before that yeah. and i haven't honestly so it was my first project and i was so stupid to say i have two thousand dollars i have a script done i can <laughs> do it very fast <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, that's always what we believe. When we first start out, we think it's oh, it's just easy. Just point the camera, shoot it. It's done. It's done. Yeah, no. Yeah, because Robert Rodriguez tell us, told <laughs> us, like, take a camera, shoot something. And th they keep saying that. Yeah, that is the that's the most um, deceptive. Like it's it's inspirational, which is nice, but it's not realistic in the most like business sense of it. You know, so you you have to have guts to finish even like for some so many people even a short film is tough to do right yeah. but the feature film you have to be insane doing this and i yeah. was kind of and naive of course yeah yeah so tell me about tell me about your first uh film what what like what what lessons did you take out of out of the, that that you carried forward to your next film Okay, so uh, first of all, it, it was a film about failed musicians. Oh, That's wow. very interesting. So, yeah. like many people, we want to be like stars, like rock stars, right? And it was a story about guys who were musicians, mm. but they failed. And then they experiencing kind of like midlife crisis, crisis mm. plus all these consequences of their band split apart. Mm -hmm. and they still had their unsolved you know conflicts between them them all and it ten, so they covered every summer for a birthday party of uh, one of them mm -hmm. and start fighting again so uh, that was based on my play fear to play what i wrote in 2006 i believe so mm -hmm. uh and when i started to shoot it and when i had my first cut of the film i realized what i I don't have a film over there mm -hmm. because I didn't show the beginning of their relationship. I didn't show the funny, like the fun part right. when they were like, then they they're young, then they they try to make it, then they playing music together. So I, I I missed that part and I needed to shoot it and I I, I did shoot it in 2008. Right. Uh, it was a winter time, yeah. So so now in the film i have like kind of flashbacks huge flashbacks of mm -hmm. you and the gruesome reality uh, I, 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 what was the name of that film uh 29 kilometer okay yeah i saw that on imdb it look, looks 
it actually sounds like a, I love those kind of stories. Those are like my favorite types of stories. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bitter. Uh, the film has a bitter feeling, but mm. why did uh, why did I do it? I saw so many. I'm a former musician. I dreamt to be a rock star. I had a band. It's it basically based on the relationship of my first band mm. and uh, all these conflicts what we had, all these all the mistakes I had as a leader. Even though I, I wasn't a singer, I was just a drummer. Uh, but still. And the, the refrain of the film was like uh, the first band is like a first love, yep. right? It's very important for you to be in a band to to play with your buddies, like your friends, you like you like brothers. Yeah. But when you didn't make it, then you didn't see the perspective and you're growing up and everybody has their own thing to do and you need to have a job, family, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So it falls apart. Hmm. So it's a bitter film. There's no happy ending. <laughs> Actually, it's the opposite. But what I learned doing this film, first of all, I realized but I was completely, completely naive and I didn't know anything. It was a university for me, a film mm. school for myself. It took me five years and lots of money, which was my money. Right. But I'm, I'm so proud of myself what I was able to finish it. And mm. I had it in theaters. Not many, but still, you know, it's a result. Mm. And that when I moved here, uh, so many things have changed in my life. And I had to move to Los Angeles, pursuing my dream to be a filmmaker and mm. film director, basically. It, the, the fact what I was able to finish a feature film gave me a strength to talk to producers. Because the first question what I faced was like, what have you done right. for you, basically, right? right, right. Okay, I've done this and that, and what, the film was in theaters, and like, Okay, fine, okay. And that, after saying that, the real conversation started every time. Mm. So it was easier for me. It was tough before, but it was it gave me at least some leverage being here to talk to the producers. Mm. Did you find when you came here, uh, do you think it was, like, what was your, what was your expectation to, like, what would happen when you got here? And was it different um, as far as, like, your career arc? It's, you know, uh, was it easier to make any projects? Was it harder? It is harder because you're a foreigner, right? You don't mm. have, it's a new place for you. It doesn't matter if you're foreigner or not. It's a new place for you. You need to establish all these connections because it's all about the connection. connection. Yeah, it's all much. about knowing the right people. And... The, that that was the moment of uh, realization how important is this mm -hmm. so because most of the filmmakers i believe so they don't understand that this is the huge part of the business right without knowing without knowing people without without having access to people with money we cannot do anything basically. yeah yeah that's a big that's a big piece of it yeah for sure for sure and the, and I finally realized here that your talent is not enough. No. Some people not. even say it's not that important. <laughs> wow. Well, it might be true to some extent. Because the yeah. first thing what you have to have is the connections. Right. And for me, it was like first year was uh, really hectic because I 
I never been to America. I never been to Los Angeles before. So I moved here completely fresh. I didn't know anything. I was like barely speaking English. Mm. <laughs> Even now I have troubles, but still. Uh, so it was the decision was to to study at the film school to get the transition smoother to understand mm -hmm. the terms to understand how people think how people work here so it was a kind of transitional period and it gave me a lot of understanding of things first mm -hmm. of all i understood that that's basically every in every country it's the same right but i learned some interesting things uh the thing uh, is like the American style of movie making, the like how industry works is very unique, honestly. And like all the people on the set are dedicated to the craft. Yeah. That's amazing. And what I learned in, in the film school and I had a really, really good teachers that if you want to be a leader, you have to learn how to obey orders first because mm -hmm. you'll never be on the first position at, at the beginning. You gotta go through the for all the steps, and I learned that, and I I was able to work with my ego, right? right. Because I was first of all I moved here when I was thirty six, I was like older than anyone around me, right? And I made something kind of so. I I learned that I need to be a part of the team, part of the crew. I, I should know my place. I should know how, how to do my work. And it was really helpful to me. <laughs> you are, you're, so, um, with a lot of the filmmakers that I come across, I feel like they, they are missing that piece. They, they don't, like, they, they think they can jump from, PA to director right away and just skip all the middle stuff to and I always think for me it's always like um, it, if you if you're patient enough to learn all the other things that go along with the filmmaking process it makes you that much better of a director you know because then it's almost like um, it's almost like flying a drone right? Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to go left and right, then you're just going up and down and that's not really that exciting. You're just sitting there just messing around. I think you've got to learn all of the, you've got to try to learn as much as you can about all of these different pieces of the puzzle that you're, that you as director are kind of being a puppet for. You're puppeteering these people into creating this piece of work and like i know as a director for me i because i'm so i'm trying to take care of what's in front of me right now i need a crew behind me that can just do what they need to do and i don't need to microly manage them all the time of course you know because otherwise then it, it, i'm not a director anymore my babysitter and and that takes too much time and we've already established it always already takes too much too long to make a film as it is so um i tell i encourage young filmmakers to try to learn about all the different processes of the filmmaking industry that they can um pick up you know be a gaffer be you know uh 
do lighting for do do try to learn some sound because you know, it makes you more informed about when you become a director what you can do and what you can't do and if you can't do it find somebody who can't so basically you need to be a leader first and right. second you have to be a, a director so you direct people right you're given directions but you have to understand each position what because like you constantly been asking about all types of process right every single person comes to me with a question yeah. and you need to understand what they're talking about right <laughs> yeah yeah that would help <laughs> and knowing the craft it will help you now this knowledge helps you to to pick up right people mm -hmm. you can if you know the craft, you, you can you can see who is talented, who's really talented, who's just a pretender. Like you can choose your your right team because yeah. you need a team. You are team leader, and then you can trust them. If you if you choose a right person, you can trust him. Yeah. And you just you just uh, uh, figuring out the artistic craft, the artistic mm -hmm. stuff. You mm -hmm. talk about like artistic decisions, and you letting them work on it yep. because you're focusing on your craft as yep. a director yep absolutely um i, I agree 100 percent that's that is right spot on and um so for you as a as a director and we're going to get into your producing as well but as a, as a director what do you think like um, i know i've talked to a number of directors and they each one has um, a different thing that for them is like the first thing, the first most important person that they'll bring on onto the, the team first. Um, some people will go and they, they work with the same DP or maybe some people will, they, you know, the editor they use is probably the one they use all the time. Is there some, is there, or, it, you know what element of the of that team do you think is most important for you when you're like become like when you're directing a producer mm. 100%, 200 percent that's the first time i've heard that okay really yeah that's so obvious because this is the first person who is going to present you to the world mm. because you need to have a person who will say to anyone around him, like first of all, <laughs> industry people, the people with money, this guy is talented. Mm -hmm. You cannot say it about yourself, right? <laughs> they try. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can try, but nobody will believe you. Right? No, yeah, exactly. And you have to have this person who deals with all these money people because uh, there are people we, we cannot do it, <laughs> honestly. We cannot. We, we just, we are in our projects, we're thinking about like our stories. And the moment when we deal with money people, they just mm. crush us. They like, <laughs> yeah. they're so powerful and you are so gentle. I mean, you have to be tough. Yeah. You must be tough, but right. you have to have another person with you who is your first crew member, the most important crew member who will mm. be dealing with all of them, with all of this, with all people who will be on your way. It's a, it's a long journey. It should be your partner. It should be like your wife or husband. It doesn't matter. It's it's such a close relationship. 
and you mm. gotta trust to each other. Because another thing which is really important, you have to have a person who is comfortable with you and you comfortable with him to exchange mm. the ideas and mm. he or she can tell you, no, 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 man, it doesn't work. <laughs> Let's think about something else. And you gotta trust. Without it, it would be super hard for you, super hard. And then mm. all our people, DP, it can be any DP, <laughs> Down, of course, but producer is the key part. And look, if you think about any big director, they all have a long time producing partners. Yeah. Take Tarantino, right? Yep. He has uh, Lawrence Bender. Yeah. Ron Howard has uh, Brian Grazer. Yep. And such and such some like christopher Nolan works with uh, his wife right yeah jackson works wife. so their wives are their producers and it's mm. easier for them to work this way but yeah, still yeah. producers is the most important thing so with that said um what's the most important thing for a producer to do like what's i mean what or What's a what's the most important talent or skill set for a, a good producer? Like, what makes a good producer? Is it somebody who's because I know it's like obviously connection to money obviously would be probably one A or one B something like mm -hmm. that. Um, but from a personality standpoint, um, what what do you think makes a good producer? Because I've come across a number of people who say they're producers and um i feel like you know when someone's really good like they don't have to tell you you kind of like when when you work with them there's there's a confidence behind them that that you that that other producers don't have he or she is a warrior Mm. they should fight for you mm. and i always think about this process as you being you i'm saying the director right yeah, yeah, yeah. director being there uh like uh head of it or leader of the army or a king it doesn't matter so you have your troops and this is your main general right and all the like uh, all the head of the departments they mm. are all of your they are all generals right and you have like troops and you are the leader but producer he has to have guts to fight with people to defend you yourself as a director right. because again artistic people they are not so good at negotiations they are have so many so, so much doubts about it about themselves right they are not secure they if somebody start to diminish them they say yeah, yeah of course yes i'm a piece of shit. Mm. i keep telling about i keep telling this about myself mm. and it's hard for me to fight it but it's a part of my artistic personality right. i always always think i'm not so good at my craft mm. and he or she needs to defend it um so what was what was one of the hardest things you had to deal with when you kind of like so when did you make the when did you actually start producing like separately from your own work 
The thing is like, I'm not really a producer. Mm -hmm. the, I'm mostly a writer director. And okay. if I have my own projects, okay. I'm still a producer because I'm working on my projects. Right. It, they start with me, right? As a writer and future right. director. Right. If I'm shopping my script around, I'm already a producer. Right. But still, even though I'm kind of producer, I have to be a producing partner. Okay, That's so for sure. You bring yeah. someone else on as well. Yeah. And yeah. the hardest part, the hardest part for you is, of course, to deal with the money. The hardest thing is to find the financing for your next project. Mm. I've been lucky with some development money for one of my projects. I got some. If, it was really interesting story, by the way. Mm. Uh, so I got this financing after a one-hour conversation what we took on Skype. I haven't seen this person before. We, we've been introduced from mutual friends. And he said, okay, let's do it. So he gave me like $70,000 for development of my projects. And we started the journey. The other thing was, and it was hard part, when we spent all this money, mm. And basically, we couldn't do anything else because he was not so rich to put more. And I wasn't able to attach a star and I wasn't able to find more money. And it was a pretty big budget for a filmmaker. But at some point, at some point, I had a really strong interest from one really big actor but they didn't let me work with me because I don't have a name. Um, and that's the really, really tough part. Yeah. You have to overcome it. Because look, when he was like, when I had this news about him being very interested to be in my film, mm -hmm. and I was like, wow, that's a moment. It was like, I had several moments of like this <laughs> in my life. But, but can you imagine you've been struggling for so many years and now you have that moment right and next day they say no man it's not gonna work no they don't want him to work with you because you're nobody and you have to have the strength and guts to accept it and to move on hmm. continue searching for money for your next film that's hard i feel like i've heard that story before many times um yeah. I had a friend, uh, a friend of mine, year, years ago, like maybe like ten years ago. I met him at an event, and he was a film. He was a director. He had a this film project that he was putting together, and he had, he met me. He was like, he, "I want to tell you more about this, sure." So we set some time up to meet, and he brought me. He, he showed me like what he had, and he had like it was a big cast. He had three or four A-listers assigned to it, the whole bit. And I was like, well, I don't understand. So you have you have a good cast. Your cast is three, you have three A-listers who have uh, agreements to, to, to join your project. What's the problem? He's like, can't find money. I said, that doesn't sound right to me, but okay. And he never got the film made, of course, because one by one, um, actors would drop off because they he couldn't raise the money. And mm -hmm. um, I would, but years later, I, I ran into him again, and um, 
he's he I guess he he decided to he learned his lesson and decided to go to try to find money first before he decided to put any projects together and uh, he's doing he's doing some actually some okay stuff for Netflix right now um, yeah he's so he was able to do it he went to Dubai and he was in Dubai for like a friend's wedding or something and ended up meeting somebody there just like you where it was just a minute conversation and a guy offered to fund his next uh, indie short and um, it ended up doing well in the film festivals so they they forged a relationship he never did the, sh the other film though which is too bad because it was a good script it was really was a good script I just think he didn't understand to be honest I don't I don't think he really understood the industry when he first came in came to me um he he didn't have a good understanding of what he was supposed to be doing with you know i was you know he got excited and signed all these people but he didn't really sign them like because they don't mm. those agreements don't mean much you know so. yeah it was letter of interest right basically. right so i'm like those he's right. he kept trying to sell those i was like that's nothing the actor they don't that's that's nothing. If you got a contract, that's one thing. That's not a contract. That's just a letter, so that way you can go to investors and say, "I'm I have somebody who's interested," and that's it. So, you know, um, that's a yeah. problem. I'm sorry for interruption. Yeah, go. I think that's the one of the big problems what we have in the film industry because mm -hmm. nobody really knows how to. So the guy found money, right? So right. money, financing. That's the dream of so many people. That's but what, yeah. he, couldn't, he couldn't do any much with it because he didn't know the process. Right. Because nobody tells you what to do with it. Right. It's like, I, I think there's only one really good book about uh, all this process, like mm. how to finance films. I have this book. I read it. But it's not really famous. And right. they don't teach you at film school how to do it. <laughs> And well, they, I mean, people aren't going to film school as much anymore. They're just grabbing cameras and thinking they can make films. Some people can, but the thing is, you can make a film, but you have to sell it. And right. it's a completely different and very complicated pro the process. Right. You got to understand this. Or you have to have, like, I have, like, an in entertainment lawyer who would be on your side uh, giving you advice what to do and what not to do right here's another thing what uh, i think we should cover as well so basically mm -hmm. any film director he has to have a manager uh, an agent or yep. uh, entertainment lawyer and yep. there are three different paths what he can choose if he can have three of them that's perfect but it's uh, ideal situation which never happens right I had a manager, it didn't work out for me, so I decided to work with entertainment lawyer, which mm. cost me money, but at least she says truth to me, and I we worked for many years together, and I rely on her advice. Mm. With agents, it's different thing, if, even with managers, it's a completely different thing. They have so many clients. Mm. And it's a conflict of interest all the time. And they have bigger clients than you. They don't have time for you. That's a really complicated thing. Mm. If you're lucky enough to have a good agent or good manager, that's that's another thing. Right. That's great. Right. But reality is a little bit different. 
Mm. I also, I've, I've heard of people um, trying, like, kind of working with producers who also have kind of a legal background or lawyers, kind of, because that can kind of kill two birds with one stone, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and it's useful, obviously, when you're kind of drafting agreements between different entities and stuff. Right. So I think that's yeah. interesting. See, producers is a key part. Right. <laughs> so um, uh, what were some, like, so when you started, um, were there any uh, producers or directors or creators that you kind of looked at and kind of saw as kind of like inspiration or yes. any films that you kind of like watched early that were inspiration for some of the things you're doing now? Well, I got inspiration from many directors. Mm. So it's very interesting for me to read their interviews, to to hear the stories how they started. Because basically, I'm in the beginning. I'm still at the beginning of my career mm. after many many years. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's very interesting to see how they how they break uh, break through. Some people did it like. Most of them were lucky, right? Right. But it's not about the luck. It's just it's not just luck. It's it's a lot of work. It's uh, it requires a lot of talent, and they the the common thing between all of them they never give up, mm. and they have a good team at the very beginning. They have right. a partner from the very beginning. Right. So artistically, there are so many directors. Who, what I admire, but at the same time, it, they're all great, and you can take the best part of each of them. Mm -hmm. So it's not about the names; it's all it's about their life experience, what they have, mm -hmm. and still have. Because even you can be a very big director and still struggling to find money, and all of them are saying this yeah. in the yeah. interviews, right? Yeah. So if you made a film and it's a it's a success it doesn't mean that your next film will, will be easier to do sometimes it's not mm. it's still a journey it's still a, a lot of things to do do, That's you my prefer, do you prefer to are you like so do you have a preference whether it's film or television that you're working in um and if uh, is something you know is, is television something that you because i know you've kind of done some some television um doesn't matter doesn't, doesn't matter, matter. You, you're still telling stories you're still able to work with uh talent and you can create something on your own mm. or for somebody else it doesn't matter uh to me personally i don't mind to move to any country to make films i don't mind to do tv film maybe theater but it's oh, better. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Have you done any theater or anything yet? Yeah, but 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 still, it doesn't really matter. If you want to do it, it doesn't matter where you want, uh, where you're going to do it, how, with whom. If you want to do it, you'll do it anyway. Right. 
what what's what's the best piece of advice someone gave you for your career surround yourself with rich people and you're going to be rich <laughs> i feel that that's kind of obvious <laughs> i mean it wasn't obvious it, to me but it is true it is true right i mean i mean if, especially like uh, if you want to be in the film industry or an entrepreneur you know or an inventor you i think those three things are artists artists as well probably i think you definitely want to surround yourself with um, successful people successful. the thing is like let me tell tell you about it a little bit more so mm -hmm. you're if you want to be in this business and if you don't understand how they think if you're not body of them who's going to mm -hmm. work with you because that's the industry where people work only with relatives or friends yeah. if you're not a relative just be friends with them yeah. and who's going to give you like can you imagine like we're talking about millions of dollars yeah you're asking a stranger about enormous amount of money what yeah. you never probably make right, right, right. so you're asking to buy like think about it like you're asking a stranger to buy yourself a ferrari or an, a house hey, yeah. hey man i'm i'm leo i'm so good at this and this can you buy me a house in malibu why right well yeah i guess if you put it that way that's true that is definitely true you're essentially asking someone to that you don't know to give them give you their hard-earned dollars you you shouldn't ask that's the key part which we don't really understand you're not yeah. asking you're offering them a journey together a right. fun journey to a fame and to a red carpets tour the very interesting life which right. they probably don't have because they many of them are related to real estate or like right. some industries and they right. it's interesting if they are curious about it maybe maybe they already in that business but your story can be another part another chapter for them an right. interesting chapter and if you can be a good friend of them why not mm. yeah I mean, I, I think it's it's. Uh, I think good good salespeople know how to, and that's essentially what you are becoming a salesperson. Uh, a good salesperson knows how to. Uh, not you're not asking questions. You're presenting a light like an opportunity. You're presenting mm -hmm. an opportunity for them that they couldn't get elsewhere. That kind of you know so. Um, Maybe that's one of the things maybe a, a filmmaker should have. They should have a good salesperson on staff uh, as well. And that's your producer. Yeah, there you go. The producer is just, my, I mean, I, I have a friend who uh, who's also a producer. He stopped calling himself producer. He started calling himself an entertainment architect because, because as a producer, it, he feels like the, the word is a little too limiting. He's like a, a real, a good producer does so much more than just find money. I mean, they are they are so sure. immensely involved in the, the create the 
the creation of this, whatever it is they're creating, that maybe producers too small, maybe it needs to be a place where you're building this, this thing, this, this, this structure of creativity. And, you know, why not? I was like, that's a great idea. I mean, I was like, it's a great title. I mean, it, no one's going to call you that, but it's a great title. <laughs> and you can distinguish yourself among all our producers. I think that's exactly why he did it. I think because he was looking, he was trying to, if he's in a room full of pro other producers, he's the only one that people will remember because he, they've never heard of that before. Mm -hmm. You know, smart, so, smart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how how do you how do you choose what projects that you work on? Because look, because I'm a writer director, mm -hmm. I'm working mostly on my things. Okay. And if I have a script or a book now, now, mm -hmm. now I'm a novelist. So if I have a project and I think it's time for that project to move on, mm -hmm. I'm working on it. But at least I have a bunch of them and I'm kind of working on all of them all together. Right. It's just if you're talking to a person and if you see this project may work for him better than the other one, you're just showing them mm -hmm. this one first. So it doesn't matter which one will be the, what will I be doing first. Mm -hmm. mm. I mean, uh, the, uh, as a writer, like, um, so, would you say that, I mean, I, I, it sounds to me that you don't have a preference of which you do. Like you're not like producer, director, writer, like you, you, you kind of enjoy all three equally. I would say directing is my main preference, oh, but okay. I, I do enjoy writing and I kind of, I don't feel I'm a real producer. I'm a, mm. I'm a writer director. I can, I can direct uh, things for our people. No problem at all. Mm. I do know how to do it. I prefer to work on my projects. I think it's, it has more potential, but I'm open to anything. So mm. it depends on the opportunity. It depends on the person who I talk to. Hmm. What, so um, as director, do you, uh, how, what kind of feedback do you usually get from the actors that you work with? Usually actors love to work with me and I'm proud to say that I like I have I have so many friends uh, who worked with me before as actors and I'm keep I'm, uh, keep the relationship with them even after 10 years uh, we're still good buddies so mostly they appreciate what you understand their needs Mm. that you're prepared that you know your story mm. that you know your craft that's the most like that's the most part of what i got from them so the respect which is great mm. well, that's also that's i mean that's that's a, obviously i think it's um for directors it's really important to because you you know like the the, the 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 film industry is not very big like you will, you will run into the same people very often, more than once, and you definitely want to make sure that um, you you can work with whoever you want to, whenever you want to. Uh, uh, just 
through reputation, you know. Um, the um, is there are there any um, memorable moments across um, any of the things that you've directed? Any funny stories or any any interesting um, challenges that you had to come across as a director? So let me tell you the story. Like for for many years ago, when I just started, I was shooting a commercial in my hometown, mm -hmm. and we had like two locations, and it was uh, we uh, shot the first part outside of the uh, town, and then we had to move to to the downtown. It was a huge traffic, and we were late, and mm -hmm. we got at the restaurant where we supposed to shoot probably around midnight. <laughs> Wow. So and like my actors and my other crew, they've been sitting for three, four hours waiting for us. Mm. And when I came, I started to work with like all my departments. Let's do that and that and that. And then we finished everything, I think around 3, 3 a.m., maybe 4 a.m. in the morning. It was a really tight budget, but that's why we didn't have the luxury to split it into two days. So mm. and one actor who worked with me and i had like several takes with him on his scene he talked to me later saying like when i saw, saw you first time and when you arrived after this huge delay and you were so uh focused and you didn't have all the drama you didn't you weren't nervous you've been like working on your stuff and that was the moment for me what i realized you may be can do it and, and that was a huge compliment to me wow. and i understood how important it is to be uh, focused and mm -hmm. don't let any drama mm -hmm. because you know that you probably heard that many times that like there there are some artistic directors who they scream on the set or they are very you know like yeah. pulling hair out of your head saying like oh everything is so bad too much drama oh yeah <laughs> Too much drama. I mean, you know, I've I've been on a, a set or two with a dramatic director, and uh, it's not that it's not that fun. But um, you know, it also makes me appreciate when you have a good director. So, so I kind of look at it as, as that. So, yeah, um, I realized people look again. Another thing, what uh, I learned here in LA, that any crew member can tell in five minutes, are you a good director or not? Five minutes is, is enough for them to understand. And if they understand you are good, they want to help you. If yes. they understand yes. the opposite, they losing their patience, they losing their, you know, they don't want to help you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, you're not- very much a give and take. Excuse me. Bless you. Give and take. Bless you. Thank you. Very much a give and take relationship on the set of a of a movie. You know, like the director and the the actors have to kind of be able to give and take that 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 relationship and that energy. Um, right. And if the actors don't have faith in the director, it it's going to be a very difficult shoot. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. And can you imagine if you work with a famous actor? Yeah. Famous actors, they have a huge experience and they can tell you, can, yeah. 
they can tell about you in 30 seconds. Are you yeah. prepared or not? They can see it. They scan you very fast. That's why it's so important for any director to establish this trust and faith because like they work more than you because directors work less than actors, right? Yeah, they have yeah. less projects. Yeah. You should understand that. They Correct. work best directors. Even even like uh, even actors who are not so big right now, yeah. they had more experience than you have. Yeah. Well, that goes back to your original point that you need to be a leader. That's where leadership comes in right there. Of course. Because if you're not ready to lead, those actors definitely can understand. They'll definitely sense that. The veteran actors, they they they've they've seen it all already by then. You know, they they've done it all. So they sure. know what when you're not ready. So um what uh what advice would you have for uh aspiring film film filmmakers? To be true to yourself mm. because and you you have to understand it's a long journey mm. i will be so happy if anyone can make it in one year or two but mm. most of the people they struggle a lot before they can break through especially people who came from another country who don't have like wealthy relatives it's easier for people with money but it's harder for people without it yeah. so prepare for a long journey be true to yourself don't give up because you will have so many moments of giving up when you just ready to drop everything and say fuck it yeah especially if you uh when you like you said if you're if you've if you're moving from somewhere to somewhere else to do it that's a tough, I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's from New York to California sure. or from Russia to the US, it's a tough thing to do because uh, you now got to reestablish all these connections and people and, and that's, you know, besides your own personal life thing that's probably happening at the same time. Right. So, um, but, you know, I, I feel, have you shot, so, um, have you shot gotten a work in New York at all yet? No, no, never. Oh, uh, you! I think you would love it to do do something here, man. There's so many, you know. Like one of the, my favorite things to do is when I walk around town, I'll take photographs and stuff. But um, I've been there. It's very cinematic place. Very, very cinematic. There's and there's always like uh, I always walk past a place and I'll see an alleyway. I go, oh, that would make a great alleyway for a fight scene, <laughs> and, you know. So I'll make a note and put the address down. Because, you know, good locations sometimes are hard to find, man. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. You know, so I, I always kind of, and so it's also because, like, sometimes friends will post on Facebook that they're looking for, like, location, certain locations. And I'll go, oh, I came across this place downtown. And, you know, <laughs> so I think it's, you know, New York is a great great place to be for uh, indie, indie filmmakers because it gives them a lot of, um affordable places that they can kind of shoot without having to like blow up their budgets too much so right um, yeah it's it's a beautiful place it's such a reach in terms of locations in terms of the scenery it, it, it's very different than los angeles los angeles 
has mm. some places, but maybe not so rich in architecture. Right. And New York is. It's like New York is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I lived out there for a little bit. It was um, I, 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 when I was working in special effects. I didn't I didn't care for it too much. It wasn't mm -hmm. my cup of tea. But um, but you know I think uh, as a filmmaker and you'll probably experience this. You travel a lot. You you know so you you kind of like you don't really have a a place that you call home in the sense you know, like it's wherever you're shooting. You know you're shooting if you're shooting in California. That's my favorite place this week. If you're shooting in New York, that's my favorite place next week. <laughs> so, of course. Your next like place is this your most favorite. <laughs> yeah. So hey, uh, before we go, uh, I so are you still playing? Uh, do you have you played the drums at any time? And like, you know, unfortunately <laughs> not. I miss it so hard, and like, uh, like when I have a chance to sit on a drum kit and I'm playing, but you have to practice. It's like sport. Yeah. If you don't practice, it's like it's just. <laughs> It's for fun for you, but it's not musical already. You gotta. <laughs> I want to, like, if I, if I be rich, rich and famous, I will have a studio in my house, <laughs> and I yeah. will start playing in some bands. That's for sure. That would be awesome, right? That would be a great. I love. Can before you go, you published a fantasy novel. Yeah, I published uh, two fantasy novels. It's basically one in two volumes. Uh, this one. Oh, wow. Oh, that looks cool. Yeah. And it's an interesting story behind it. So I had the, that was a script, what I originally wrote in Russia, in the Russian language. When I moved here, while I was studying in film school, I was translating it, it into English. When I had the script in English, what I shopped around the town for many years, until some wise producer told me uh, at the film market in Santa Monica, he told me, oh, you, family, huh? you should write a book because it's going to be your IP. It would be easier for you. And I was like, okay, I will do it. So I, I wrote a book in English, hmm. the first draft. Then I hired an editor and she gave me so much, so many notes. And hmm. I was like, okay. It's probably it would be impossible for me to rewrite it in English on that level what I needed to do. So wow. I I did it in Russian again. I published the book in Russia. Now I'm translating it with professional translator into English again. Wow. And I already started to uh, to post some uh, chapters uh, on Wattpad. It's a, yeah. it's a good website. So you can find it there in English. Oh. And now I published another book, which is a, a book for adults. It's a thriller hmm. uh, in Russian language again. Hmm. It, it was another script, film script, then it was a TV pilot, so I turned it into a book. And it's going to be like probably two, three books based oh, wow. on that story. It's usually the opposite. It's usually the book gets, gets turned into the film. You turn the film <laughs> into the book. It's so complicated sometimes. <laughs> hey, whatever gets it done, right? I mean, whatever gets it done, that's, that's you know. But I, I started doing this during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So uh, the fantasy I've done before, but the, the new book, I, 
I wrote it during the pandemic and it, so it helped me to, you know, go through this period. Mm. So I was like doing our things and I was writing. Now I have a book. How long do you think it'll be before people can buy it in the stores? Oh, you can buy it now, but in the Russian language. <laughs> but uh, the English version mm -hmm. will be ready until the mm -hmm. end of this year. Okay. And I will try to publish it. We'll see. I, it's, it's really hard to predict what's going to happen. I have some people who already said to me, show it when it's done. We, we're going to see it. Maybe they're going to help me to, to publish it. But it's another business. <laughs> Uh, it's like a movie business. Uh, you, you have to have connections and all of this. So well, maybe I will go with self-publishing, which is fine to me, at least. <laughs> well, stay in touch because um, I actually have a friend who's a literary agent. She's based out there. And uh, oh. I would I would be happy to make the introduction. Well, thank you very much. It, it really, I would yeah, really she, appreciate it. She does a lot of big projects so she's but she's so she's super nice so um i will i will i will be happy to make that introduction i love doing that i love when i can introduce people and people's things get made and stuff that's my favorite part oh, so. you have a good karma man <laughs> <laughs> i hope so thank you very much uh this was fun man I, I'm, I'm glad you got to come on can i ask a question who are the people uh, like in the behind are those uh, those actors look really familiar that's not that that's not actors those that's not actors. actors of my new book what i draw using artificial intelligence and mid journey. Uh, so i learned using mid journey when i because I couldn't afford a good uh, illustrator. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very expensive. So when I uh, got to know this, that this opportunity exists, I started yeah. to learn my journey and I, I draw it. And the, uh, the cover of my book was like made by me, by myself, with the help mm -hmm. of some designer who put it together. But yeah. Wow. Okay, that's dope. That's kind of cool. See, now that's a positive way of seeing, of using AI. I think that's yeah. that's acceptable. I think that that's cool. You know what I mean? So, the only fear what I have re uh, regarding artificial intelligence is that for us, for creators, it's a good thing. It's just another tool. Right. But for big guys, for the studios it's a tool to replace real people that's the main danger of it yeah that's why and that's why there are so many of our friends um on picket lines right now around the country um both for sag and wga i mean i mean they that, that's just ridiculous they, they need to stop I and mean, pay these people stop trying to replace people with artificial intelligence that because you can't do it it's just i, I think it's a bad idea so yeah but look they have money <laughs> yeah, we have just the balance well i i have faith that they will persevere so i'm longing for it i i wish they can they can achieve something which gives us better you know condition of work yeah and soon because it's going to be too long 
a lot of people going to be hurting for work. So um, thank you for being on the show. This was this is a great you're welcome to come back anytime you want. So when you're, you know, if you got a book or another movie coming out and you want to promote it, come on on, you know. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a pure pleasure to, to speak with you, to talk with to you. Yeah, See, not scary. Just eat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Thank you. All right. It's Everybody, good. that does it for us. I'm Darren Jenkins. Um, be sure to follow me on Instagram. Oh, and also make sure you follow uh, him, Leo, too. He's on Instagram as well. You can follow him. And, and say hello and check out what he's working on next, you know, or get a copy of his book in Russian. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, if I if I knew Russian, I would buy it. I really would. So when it, when the um, when the English American version comes out, the English version comes out, I I will I will purchase one. Thank you so sure. much. Because I like, I like those one of my first who will know about it. <laughs> <laughs> And then you can follow me uh, on Darren Jenkins on Instagram. Everybody, um, stay safe. Um, more power to the WGA and, and SAG. Um, you guys, we're with you. We're hanging with you. Um, and uh, stay safe. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode of Drop the Mic. Take care, everyone.